Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. Well it was a fantastic move basically and the money, the number one thing that weighed them on my shoulders for a few months was the money they paid which nowadays was probably, it doesn't sound a lot of money, £45,000 but for a, for a teenager it was a lot well, I felt it was a lot that time, and like I say, it weighed on my shoulders for a few months. So, and uh, did you hear about uh, what Malcolm Allison had been doing uh, when scouting uh, a, a young talent from Bury? Well, he always—I was always told the story of while people were sat around, he was saying I wasn't too good, I wasn't worth much. Then all of a sudden, a few months later, he actually first person in with the bid and buys me. So. What, um, what, what was it like then when you first moved to City? What was, it, what was the step up like? The step up, uh, well, I mean, City were just being promoted from Division 2 as it was then and going into the first division, which as a young player, the thing you want to do in those days was play first team football in the, in the, in the Championship Division. So, and they just got promoted, so that was my chance. And going to a big club in the bargain was a, a big plus as well. Did you ever dream that you could end up to be one of the iconic players then? No, not really. No, no. It's just the way things work out. I mean, it's uh, the support, the back of the support as you want to play for a club like that when the supporters are as good as they are. I mean, it's, uh, it's the same with all players that come to the club. If you put the effort in, you get the support from the supporters. And I'm a bit biased, but they're, sec- they're second to none, really. What was that team like? Always a good team, very good team. I mean, it's a, it selected itself from 1 to 11. We knew if everybody was fit in those days, we knew what the team was week in, week out. And, and they actually played together for a few years, which was great. I mean, people talk about uh, the front line, Bellley, Summerby. What, what was it about those three, about those three players that, that uh, worked so well? Basically, creating goals and making goals. But the thing is, without the rest of the side being as good as they were, we wouldn't have won anything. It takes 11 to make a team. I mean, there's always one or two that gets the headline, either scoring goals or making goals. But the thing, from 1 to 11, we were a good side. How would you compare those 11 to today? It might be a bit unfair. Well, I, th- I, th- I, think, we'd give, I think we'd give them a good game, to be honest. Not being big-headed or anything, we'd, we'd give them a good game. We, we were a good side. It's only when you look back in time to how good we were. The quality of teams round about in those days... Uh, in the Premiership, 22 teams, they were all good teams. And away from home, you had to play really well to even beat the bottom teams away from home. That's how good the quality was in those days. What's it like then to see City drop from where they were when you played and then rise again in such a, well, quite a short period of time? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't good to see them drop. It's never good to see them drop at all. All you want them to do is to be successful. So when they go down, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a... It, it, it does get you. And um, what, how important was, was Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison on your career, do you think? Oh, very important. 
the combination of the, the two of them uh, got success for six or seven years, uh, being as good as they were. One was good, uh, good manager and the other one was a good coach. The combination worked very well for City. Now you were part of, of what's deemed as City's golden era. What, what was it like to be a part of that such great piece of history in, in one team? Well, when you look back in time, it was fantastic. At the time, it just passes you by, but uh, you just enjoy it. I, I, I always feel very lucky to, to get paid as a professional footballer, to keep yourself fit and to play a sport or hobby and to be paid for it. And to play for such a big club as Manchester City and be backed by the supporters that we had in those days and still have, there's nothing better. Do you remember the nicknames that the fans had for you? Uh, one or two, yeah, one or two. I may say one came through Malcolm Nijinsky because of the racehorse and uh, King Colin and different songs they sang in those days. There's, there's a few names, yeah. And uh, what's it like then to be idolised by, by a group of fans? What's it, I mean, it's quite often said that you're City's greatest ever player. What's, what's that actually like? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, it goes over me. I mean, it's a, hopefully I've still got my feet on the ground. It, it's fantastic that people say that, but hopefully I'm still a modest person that I was when I went into the game and come out of the game. And I'd just like to talk uh, briefly about uh, the, towards the end of your career. You suffered uh, quite a bad injury. Um, do, you, do you still remember the challenge? I'd, I still remember the challenge, yeah, it was just unfortunate. I, mean, it's, uh, I was weight-bearing on one leg and took a knock on the knee on the front of the leg and it bent backwards and that's what did all the damage. How, how heartbreaking was it to, to kind of keep trying and, and never quite getting back? Well, the thing is, you, you, you just think you're going to be fit, whether it was going to be a month, two months, six months. You just think that you're just battling on to be fit again. But unfortunately, after probably two or three years, it wasn't going to be the case. And the penny dropped after two or three years that I wasn't going to play at top level again. And it, it, is a cry, it was a crying shame. It is a crying shame because I probably played another five years probably at top level. And certainly, is that, was that, when that, when that realisation happened, was it, was it difficult to take? Uh, no, the thing has been happening for so long of having treatment and, and training. Uh, the penny had dropped early. That at some stage, things weren't getting uh, back to normal as quick as I'd like. So there was always a possibility in the back of your mind that your career might come to an end. Do you ever look back at, at your time with City and, and miss it? And miss it? No, it was fantastic. Uh, it, it, well, I, you'd like to play, you'd like to play till you're 80, but... Uh, no, the, the, the time I had there was fantastic. It was probably 10 or 12 years I was there. and It, it couldn't have been better. I couldn't have wrote the script better. The only unfortunate thing about the full thing is taking up the injury. If I could add another five years to my city career, it would have looked a little bit better than it does now.